Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. This morning, we are very encouraged and very blessed to have Paul Gunning uh, sharing with us, preaching with us this morning. Um, For those of you who don't know Paul, he has been in our lives way before we even knew him. Okay, in the sense of, in the sense of, Brian and Dana and Paul and his family were all in Rundu when? 95. So they were all together in Rundu, and so he has been part of this church family before we were even here. So uh, we're very blessed. He's a lecturer at NETS. Uh, we love him. We love his family, and we, he's British. You might not pick that up, um, but uh, we still love him. <laughs> <laughs> but we're very encouraged and very excited to have you. Thank you very much for being here, Paul. D- don't applaud now. Wait till the end. <laughs> I'm Australian, and today is Australia Day. So, uh, yeah, I just grew up in the UK. I was born in Australia. <laughs> I grew up in a little dusty town in the north of Australia, and I end up in Rundu for 10 years, a little dusty town in the north of Namibia. What's going on? <laughs> it's great to have the chance to, to share the word with you. As, as uh, Sevilla has said, we've known the Bulletins for a long time, and uh, we enjoy being part of this church and, uh, and being part of their ministry here, and it's, it's great to have a chance to, to give back a little bit. So as, uh, as Rico has already uh, re- reminded us, and we've had from Sibylla this morning, we're thinking about the fasting for February, um, but of course we fast in order to pray. So the topic today is, is prayer, and I'm going to try and do two things at once. Um, Rico refused my epic 20-part sermon on prayer, uh, sermon series. Uh, well, that's not true, Sibylla refused it. Um, <laughs> so, so what I'm going to try to do today is a little bit of a practical thing on prayer, just to just to give us some practical tips, but also some, some teaching, maybe a little bit more depth on, on what prayer is. So I'm going to try and do uh, both of those things. Um, firstly, to do with uh, practical praying. Um, I, I don't know if you've found it easy to fall into a trap of praying, let's say, formally. You just, you're just repeating the words, you know? You, the Lord's Prayer is a good example. You, know, we, you can pray through the Lord's, Lord's Prayer, Amen, and you, you've forgotten what you pray for. You do it automatically. It's, it's very easy for, for prayer to, to not be genuine. It, it, it doesn't come from here. It comes from somewhere up here, you know? Uh, and, and, and it's not great. It's, not, it's an easy trap to fall into, and I, and I don't think it works. I don't think the Lord is pleased with that kind of prayer. Uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, um, or you're on your phone, uh, there's a wonderful verse in Psalms which I think helps us to know how to pray, how we should pray. Uh, it's in Psalm 62, verse 8. Uh, Psalm 62, verse 8, and I'll read it out as well. It says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Uh, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Psalm 62, verse 8. And there the, uh, the psalmist is is asking or showing us how to pray. Pour out your heart. Hold nothing back. If you're uh, a bit like Ziggy with your, you know, giving things over to the Lord, pour out your heart. Empty it. Um, the, the Lord is not upset or unwilling to, to hear 
our whole hearts, even, even, even our prayers of anger or, or pain or distress. You know, you won't pray about the other things and leave those things behind. No, no, pour out your heart to him. That's, that's how we should pray. He, he wants to hear everything. And, and that's, that's genuine prayer. It's, it's coming from the depths of our heart. It, I don't think it means we have to manufacture our feelings. We have, to, we have to make ourselves feel deeply about issues before we pray. I don't think that's what it means. But as we approach this February prayer month, we can, we can use that, I think, as a guide to the things we should pray for. What, what things are we passionate about? <laughs> what, what things affect us deeply here in Namibia? What is it, what is it about our friends or, or our family, uh, this nation, corruption, everything else you know, going on, uh, churches in Namibia, uh, Namibian people in general? What is it about this country that... That, that really gets us going. We could say grinds our gears or, or things that we, we're really happy about and we want to praise the Lord, you know? We, we, can, we can search our hearts to, to find the things that we care about and, and, then, and then turn those things into prayer. The, the things which affect us deeply and the things that make us want to shout and scream, pray about those things, yeah? Pour out your heart to the Lord. So, so we don't have to manufacture our feelings about things, but, but find what you're already feeling strongly about <laughs> and turn those things into prayer. And, and those prayers will be meaningful. Those prayers will have, have an impact. Samuel himself, we'll look at Samuel later on, he said, he said far be it from me to, to, to sin by failing to pray for you, you know. Uh, and, and Samuel took this burden of praying for other people seriously. If he didn't pray for them, he, he, he was sinning, you know. Um, pray, we, you know. Pray for people, pray for situations, but, but pray from the heart. It's very easy to, to fall into the trap of formalized or routine praying, and we need to, we need to get away from that. Uh, Isaiah 29, verse 13, the Lord said, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. You see, that's, that's the kind of prayers that the Lord doesn't want. <laughs> he, it's the heart. And as we're hearing this morning, the Lord looks at the hearts, and our prayers should come from our hearts. Okay, a practical example on praying. I've been re- doing a lot of reading around. Of, uh, I am a net lecturer, but I like reading other stuff. <clears throat> I've, uh, I've been reading through War and Peace, uh, over Christmas and New Year, and uh, there's a wonderful quote uh, by one of the heroes, uh, Nicholas Rostov, uh, and he, he's, been, he's been listening to how uh, a friend of his is praying, and this is what he says, how she prayed, he thought. It was plain that her whole soul was in her prayer. Yes, that's the prayer that moves mountains, and I'm sure that her prayer will be answered. And then he says, why don't I pray like that? Why don't I pray for what I want? And then he suddenly thought, yes, prayer can move mountains, but one must have faith and not pray, as Natasha and I used to pray as children, that the snow might turn into sugar, and then we run out into the yard to see whether it happened or not, you know? (laughs) And I thought that was great. That's a great illustration. Here's, Here's a guy who used to pray for the snow to turn into sugar, uh, and then he hears someone really praying, and that inspires him 
to really pray. That uh, was really good. And that's war and peace. Uh, you know, Tolstoy wasn't a Christian. Amazing. Uh, but I thought that was, that was a fantastic picture of, of prayer and encouraging each other in prayer. You know, as we share, as a church family, we're hearing each other pray and prayers and we're sharing these things. That should help us pray because we're hearing how, how each other is praying. <laughs> That'll make a difference. Uh, another secular example of prayer, Q-tape, or whatever it is. <laughs> this is a clip from Bruce Almighty. Watch, I don't think I have these lights down. I don't know how bright it is. Um, you'll, you'll, if you know Bruce Almighty, you'll know the clip, but fantastic teaching on prayer. <laughs> you win. I'm done. Please. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be God. I want you to decide what's right for me. I surrender to your will. down in the middle of a highway and live to talk about it, son. But why? Why now? Bruce, you have the divine spark. You have the gift for bringing joy and laughter to the world. I know. I created you. Quit bragging. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the spark. Good. Mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna get right on it. That didn't feel very good. Got a rhythm. All right, I got a pulse. All right, let's let him up. Yeah, get the backboard and brace. Thanks so much, technical team, for that. <laughs> so, so God doesn't want us to pray Miss America prayers. You get it? Yeah. That was a real prayer. When he, when he really prayed, that was the real prayer. That's, that's how God wants us to pray. It's worrying when Hollywood has better theology than the churches, isn't it? But, but, but that, that's a fantastic picture, of, I think, of how God wants us to pray. We're not trying to win Miss America or Mr. America. So, uh, on, to, on to the more teaching about prayer. We're going to look at the Old Testament. Um, is, is prayer more than just asking for stuff? Uh, C.S. Lewis said, you know, as Christians, we don't really want a father in heaven. We want a grandfather in heaven. You know, give us sweeties and maybe 50 bucks and that kind of stuff. You know, uh, that, that's the kind of God we want. And he said, no, we don't have a grandfather in heaven. We have a, we have a father in, in heaven. Uh, and the, the principle I'd like to share with you this morning... Uh, is, is prayer from God's perspective. How does God see prayer? It's so easy to see prayer from our side because, because we're the ones doing the praying and we're the ones down here and we're the ones not knowing the full plan and everything like that. But, but let's see it from God's side, who's in heaven and who does see the whole plan and has everything under his control. How does prayer affect God and moving his arm in the universe and making things happen and all this kind of stuff? What's going on? Uh, and, and we know that God is all-powerful. So, you know, reminding us about God's creation. Uh, God is so powerful, he can say the word, and it happens. Let there be light. And, and there it was, you know. That's, that's our God. Uh, and, and, and that's what he could do. God can do stuff just by saying the word all on his own. He, he doesn't need us, and he doesn't need our prayers in that sense, Okay. <laughs> But the amazing thing, the amazing testimony of Scripture is that sometimes God chooses to get us involved. He, he could do something just by saying the word, but he often chooses not to, and he wants us to be involved in the process as well. And that's where prayer comes in. It's as if he is waiting in heaven for someone to pray before he will do something. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> Is this fantasy? Is Gunning got off his head? Will, will Mike come up and remove him from nets because of speaking heresy in church? <laughs> well, let's check. Okay. <laughs> Old Testament, not even the New Testament. This, is, this principle is in the Old Testament in a couple of places. But First Samuel, come to First Samuel Chronicles, Kings, going backwards. Uh, if you get to Ruth, you've gone too far. And uh, I'll... I'll I'll, sort of, I'll, pre, I'll teach as we go through it. I think that's the best way to do it. We we're, we're going to look at the whole chapter, to look at the story. Uh, but we'll just make uh, comments as we go through. <clears throat> so, context of 1 Samuel, following judges. <clears throat> so, uh, God's people have been in the promised land about 400 years uh, up to this point. So, we are, we're approaching 1000 BC, time-wise. Time uh, and the previous 400 years, God's people have been in the promised land, God's taken them out of slavery in Egypt, and they've made an unholy mess, really, for 400 years. There's been very few successes. The, the, the context is, is terrible. 
Uh, what, you know those movies with, the, with those four letters in them? What, anybody, what are those four letters that you get when you put the movie on? And so, oh, somebody needs to fast for some movies, I think, over there. <laughs> yeah, was it SVNL? Yeah, PDFX or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, the, you know the, the history of the judges is SVN and L. It really is. It's terrible, okay? Like those movies you shouldn't be watching, and definitely not during February. And, <laughs> and, and that's the context. And it's as if after 400 years of SNV and L, God has decided to do something. This has got to finish. What's he going to do? What's going to happen? What's, what's God going to do? He's got this problem. He's got to sort his people out. Uh, they've abandoned him. He needs to set everything straight again. And, and basically, he needs one last judge. We've had all the judges who've made a, an unholy mess so far. He needs one judge to set everything straight and, and bring it back to the good path again. The great thing the scripture tells us is that when God wants to sort out a situation, he often sends just one person to sort it out. Isn't that great? God so loved the world that he didn't send a committee. Yeah, that's it's, it's brilliant. So, so, so Jesus is the archetype of God sending one man to sort it out. And in the Old Testament, there's all kinds of heroes of faith. The, the, one, the one man, and the judge is Deborah, one woman, who, who is sent to sort out the situation. God chooses one person to make, to make the difference. So how is God going to produce this last judge that will bring his people back? Will he do another Adam job, you know, breathe into the dust of the earth and whoop, there he is? He could do that, I guess. He could do that. He's God. But in 1 Samuel, he's going to do something else. He's not going to send this person until somebody down here prays for that person to come. Isn't it incredible? God is going to wait. He's going to sort out this problem, but he's not going to do it until somebody prays about it. So let's have a look at what happens. 1 Samuel chapter 1, uh, verse 1. I'm reading from the NIV, nearly infallible version, uh, but just carry on with whatever you've got. Uh, uh, there was a certain man from Ramah. Uh, this is Israel's first dairy-free community in Israel. So see what I did there. Uh, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. So he's from north of Jerusalem. Uh, he had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Padina. Padina had children, but Hannah had none. A quick word on polygamy. Uh, if you're scouring the Bible looking for commands against polygamy, you won't see them. There is no 11th commandment which says, do not commit polygamy, okay? It's, it's not there, okay? So how do we know that polygamy is wrong? Simply by looking at Genesis 2, okay? One man, one woman. And then through the rest of Scripture, each time you have a polygamous arrangement, it's a complete disaster. So that's, that's true not just of polygamy in the Bible. There are many things in the Bible which we are meant to... We're meant to know that it's wrong, <laughs> uh, but the Bible doesn't tell us exactly so. But we are meant to know from our knowledge of Scripture that that, that is wrong. And we're meant to pick it up ourselves. You know, the, the, the writers give a, credit us with some intelligence sometimes. Uh, and, and we are meant to know that polygamy is wrong, even though there's no 11th commandment against it. It's a disaster. Just, uh, just a word about Genesis 2. 
You know, there's, there's one Adam and, and one Eve. It's not Adam and Eve and Eva and Evelyn, you know. It's, it's one and one. It's, it's not even Adam and Steve, you know. And, and, and it's not Ada, you know, it's not, it's not Ada and Adam and Eva and, you know, every, you know all the other ones. <laughs> it's, that's, that's God's rule for the family. One man, one woman, and, and we, we break it uh, at, our, at our own cost. Um, do you know that the, the greatest reggae song in the history of the universe? It's not written by Bob Marley, actually. <laughs> it's... It's a song called Shame and Scandal in the Family. Google it when you get, get home. It's brilliant. Uh, a, boy, a boy loves a girl, uh, and he wants to make her his wife. So he goes to his dad just to check it out, check her out, you know, to see if this is okay. And the dad hears about the girl, and he says, he says, no, boy, no. That girl is your sister, but your mother don't know. Okay. So, of course, he's brokenhearted. There's no way that he can marry his sister, you know. So he goes to his mum, and, and he's so fed up with his dad that he tells her everything, you know, pours out his heart, he can't marry the girl he loves, he even spills the beans on his dad, you know. And, and his mum has this huge smile on her face, and why are you smiling? And she said, go boy, go, your daddy's not your daddy, but your daddy don't know. So, so God's laws are for our good. It's to avoid reggae song type situations. Okay? God is not a killjoy trying to restrict us with these laws and how to live. They're, they're, to, they're to help us, and, and, you know, get away from this kind of chaos. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, let's carry on. Verse, verse 3. Uh, so this family, uh, year after year, this man went up from his town, Rama, uh, to worship and sacrifice uh, to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. You'll notice that the tabernacle is not in Jerusalem yet. Okay, uh, We're so used to thinking of the, the temple and the tabernacle being in Jerusalem. Uh, that only happened when David conquered the city conquered the city of, of, of Jerusalem, and that's uh, a, a few years away yet. I've got to, yeah. uh, Joshua 18, verse 1, gives us the background on that. Um, the, the, the Israelites attacked Jerusalem during Joshua's time, but they couldn't, they couldn't take it. They couldn't hold it, and the Jebusites got it back, and they're still sitting there <coughs> in, in Jerusalem. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, and so the temple is is further north. Actually, if you've got a map, Jerusalem, uh, and then a few kilometres north is Rama, and then a few kilometres north of Rama is Shiloh. So, <coughs> so Elkanah and the family are going north to Shiloh to worship, not south uh, to Jerusalem. So uh, that's where they're going. Uh, we'll, we'll meet Eli uh, later on. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. <coughs> oh dear. Mentioned sinus trouble, throat trouble. Uh, verse 4 uh, Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, uh, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina uh, and to all her sons and daughters. Uh, but to Hannah he gave a double portion uh, because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. 
Wow. So the Lord has done something here. He has closed Hannah's womb so she cannot have children. This is, this is part of God's plan, okay? This is part of what's... Uh, this, is, this is the first sign or the first sign that, that God is doing something. And it's a depressing sign. It's a sad sign. It's not happy at all, is it? And, and Hannah is suffering. Not only does she not have kids, she is getting... The insults from her fertile fellow wife, <laughs> wife-in-law, what is she? I don't know. Fellow wife, who is, who is insulting her. I mean, no problem is so bad that it can't be made worse by your family. Yeah? Hmm. Uh, sorry. Sorry, guys. So as, as bad as her situation is, her family situation makes it worse. And it, she's even more depressed uh, because, because of how... Her sister in my friend law is treating her, whatever you call her. Yeah. Uh, verse uh, 7. This went on year after year. Could you imagine? <laughs> wow. Not only continuing to be childless, but continuing to be provoked by Panina. There's, there's at least three festivals a year that the Israelites would have gone to Shiloh to celebrate. So on at least three formal occasions per year, Hannah is getting it in the neck. I mean, we think, you know, we think fasting once a month for once a year is, is bad. This is three times a year. You know? Hannah is getting it three times a year on a regular basis. Uh, whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. It's a feast, but she's not eating. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Okay, ladies, marks out of ten for Elkanah. <clears throat> I think zero minus three million. You know, not very good, was it? Not very, not very helpful. No. Okay, not very helpful. No problem is so bad that it can't be made worse by your spouse. <laughs> yeah? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, married people. But... It's, isn't this a very human story? <laughs> you know, poor old... Are you feeling it for Hannah yet? <laughs> oh, man. Poor, poor thing. Hannah, it's just getting worse and worse and worse for her. Verse uh, 9. Uh, Once when they'd finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. It's, it's a tabernacle, it's a tent, but it's... It's reached this sort of temple status, if you like. Uh, in bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, <clears throat> but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. <clears throat> no problem is so bad it can't be made worse by the pastor. <laughs> you know, here she is in her distress. She's praying and the pastor thinks she's drunk. Oh, man, this gets worse and worse. But can you, you can see what's happening. <clears throat> the, <clears throat> sorry, the, the normal conditions of life that should 
make things happy for Hannah. Uh, husband, children, everything like that. They're not there for her. <laughs> in, in fact, in her family arrangements, it's, it's the opposite. Her family are the ones who are causing her the pain and the problem. Uh, she can't turn to her family for comfort. It's her family that are hurting her. And finally, she gets to the point, okay, let's, thank you, let's go to the temple. Cheers. Let's go to the temple and pray. <clears throat> I can't find comfort in my family. Maybe I'll find comfort in God. You know? And what happens? The priest thinks she's drunk. You know, I mean, gosh, she can't win. And you can see what's happening. God wants this last judge to be born. He's, he's closed her womb. And, and he wants this person to pray. <laughs> he's waiting for this prayer. Years and years, he's waiting for this prayer. And, and she's being steered. You know, God, God is kind of steering her towards him. <laughs> he's... He's making her pray. I, you know, I, I don't. I sometimes think, sometimes, you know, uh, when all else fails, I pray. You know, <laughs> that kind of thinking, which is terrible. We, we shouldn't be like that, should it? <laughs> we should pray first. Prayer should be the first item on our list of our to-do list of things to do, not the last. <laughs> but poor old Hannah, she can't think straight. I, I guess she's she's just really struggling. Uh, uh, finally, she's reached the place uh, where uh, she can pray. One thing, we're talking about the Bullingtons. <laughs> one, one thing, one reason, one of the many reasons we like coming here is because we, we know and trust Brian and Dana. They're, he's not going to do an Eli job on us, is he? We're, gonna, we're not going to go to Eli, we're not going to go to Brian and, and pour out a heart and Brian says, put away your wine and beer and stop being drunk, is he? We, and, and Dana's not going to say the same. We've, we've, got a, we've got a ministry team here whom we trust. We can pour out our hearts to them and we know they hear us, and, they, and we know they will help us, and we trust them. That's why we're here, aren't we? Uh, we're here because we need, we, we found people we trust, even with deep spiritual concerns. Uh, we can bring our deepest concerns to these guys, uh, and they will hear us, and they will listen, and they will pray. And, uh, uh, all, Brian and Dana and the team are everything that Eli is not, isn't it? That's why we're here. And, Bring in people. If, if you're, if, a lot of Namibian churches, people in Namibian churches are, are hurting. Tell them that this place is, is a place of comfort and peace and restoration. There's, there's a pastor they can trust. So if you're struggling to have children, just make an appointment with Brian. Oh, no, that didn't sound very right. No, 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 don't do that. No, 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 no. no. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. He'll... Delete that. Delete that. Sorry. No, no. You know what I mean. Yes, you know what I mean. Okay, get serious. Uh, we're talking about God pursuing Hannah, uh, bringing, bringing, you know, hemming her in, bringing her to the point where she prays. Uh, and we're going to talk about but C.S. Lewis, I love C.S. Lewis, we love C.S. Lewis. Uh, C.S. Lewis called God the hound of heaven. It was, it was C.S. Lewis's own experience of God, how uh, he, he grew up an atheist. 
very much against God and very angry. He, was, he said, I was very angry at God and very angry at him for not existing, you know, uh, because I was an atheist. Uh, and, he, and slowly, slowly, God hemmed him in and pursued him over years and years uh, until he got to the point where first he believed that God existed and then he, then he got to the point realizing that Jesus was God as, as well. And, and Tolkien, the writer of The Lord of the Rings, was actually the guy who brought C.S. Lewis to faith, to Christianity. It's, it's an amazing story. Uh, Surprised by Joy is his bio- spiritual biography. It's autobiography. It's, it's fascinating. Uh, the Hound of Heaven is actually a poem written in the 19th century, uh, but C.S. Lewis took that name and uh, the title of the poem and used that to describe God. That was his experience of God. And that's what God is doing with Hannah. He's the Hound of Heaven, pursuing Hannah, hemming her in until she prays for the things that he wants to happen as well. Do you get it? That's prayer from God's side. <laughs> God is not going to send this judge until someone on earth praise him into existence and he's chosen Hannah and he's closed her womb and for years and years he's been gradually you know a bit like the river riverbed coming narrower and narrower and she's reached the point where she's finally prayed so let's have a look at this prayer Uh, all the way back to uh, verse 10 let's let's look at Hannah's heart and soul verse 10 in bitterness of soul like we said this morning don't if you're bitter to the Lord don't keep it there pour it out the, the Lord wants to hear even our bitterness even when, even if we're bitter to the bitter because of our situation or what we think God has doing to us or allowed to happen pour it out don't keep it back I mean it, it you know, God, God is still like he, God is up for this he's bigger than we are <laughs> he knows us he knows he knows what he he's done to us in a sense he knows the situations which he's allowed to occur to us and he knows how we're responding and 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 we do him a disservice if we keep it back and think that God doesn't want to hear because God put us there and and Hannah is praying in in the bitterness of her soul and and we shouldn't let bitterness of soul stop our praying look at uh, 15 and Uh, 16 after the accusation of drunkenness Uh, not so my lord I'm not drunk Hannah replied I'm a woman who is deeply troubled I've not been drinking wine or beer I was pouring out my soul to the Lord do not take your servant for a wicked woman I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief do you get the passion in there she's bitterness anguish grief pouring out her soul she's she's reached the point where all she's got left is pouring everything out to the lord there's nothing else she could do god has brought her to the point the very point of of bringing it all up disgorging the soul to the lord that's that's real it's real prayer because it's real person it's real hannah 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 could have prayed nice miss miss israel prayers at shiloh at the temple couldn't she lord feed all the israelites and you know da, da, da. no no She's going to pray a real prayer now, and the Lord is going to hear. Look at the vow in verse uh, 11. Back to verse 11. She made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant. In other words, do something. Uh, 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 Not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life 
Ziggy, you know, the testimony was great. Give it back to the Lord, uh, and then it will come to life. <laughs> uh, give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. And it's as if the Lord in heaven, there's a little sign going, bingo! That's the pre- that's, those are the words that the Lord has wanted to hear all these years. That's, that's the purpose fulfilled of, of what, all that's happening so far. He... God is going to send the last super judge to set things straight. But he can't do it until somebody prays. And verse 11 is the prayer. Hooray. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody has finally prayed the prayer that will enable God to move his hand from heaven and make it happen. It's, it's amazing. Uh, verse 11 is the bingo moment. It's fantastic. If you will give your servant a son, then I will give him back to you for all the days of his life. Wow. So she's, in a sense, she's going to lose the son, <laughs> but she's going to have the son. And that son will be Samuel, the last great judge of, of God's people. Uh, just a little note about the razor. Uh, be, uh, no razor being used on his head. This is the Nazarite vow. Uh, Numbers uh, chapter 16, if you want to look it up uh, later. Uh, when Paul left Corinth, uh, for Jerusalem, he remember he shaved his uh, he shaved his head um, um, as as a sign of a vow completed. Um, you um, what did you do when you when you when you took the Nazarite vow? You let your hair grow long. You, the men would let their hair grow long. Never you wouldn't have it cut. Um, maybe the reason for that was because not only did you not cut your hair, you also abstained from wine, alcohol. Okay, you know that embarrassing moment when you're fasting from alcohol in February and people keep offering you wine and beer and you have to keep saying, no, no, I'm fasting and it sounds really super spiritual, I'm fasting, I'm not drinking, you know. Oh, I'm so tired of refusing alcohol in February, you know. And, but it's great, if you let your hair grow wrong, long, you're a guy and your hair is long, people say, oh, great, look, he's, he's not taking wine and beer, so we won't offer him any wine and beer, so you never have to have the hassle of refusing it because your hair is down to here. <laughs> so, so let your hair grow long, guys, February. But, it, you know, that's... <laughs> well, I'm impressed. <laughs> Deviate is there. <laughs> the, the difference with Hannah is that the Nazarite vow was only temporary. You, you refused alcohol and, it, and you let your hair grow long just for a short time. It was, it was during the time of fulfilling your vow... When your vow had been done, you, you cut the hair off and burnt it. Well, you actually took it to the temple and burnt, lovely smell, burnt the, the hair in the offering at, at the temple. That's what Paul did when he cut his hair when he left Corinth. The vow uh, was fulfilled. So the Nazarite vow, number 16, was only ever temporary. You never had to give up wine and beer the whole year round, only February. You see? It's, it's easy. Um, so the same for any vow for God's people. But look with Hannah. She says, no razor will ever be used on his head. She's made the Nazarite vow permanent. And it, never, it was never meant to be permanent. But this is the measure of her commitment. If the Lord will give me a son, I will give him back to the Lord, and his Nazarite vow will be permanent. Nobody has ever done a permanent Nazarite vow in the Old Testament. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. But Hannah is prepared to do it because that's the depth of her feeling. That's how much she wants a son. If the Lord will give me the son, he will let his hair grow. I don't know. Can you imagine? Like a Sikh guy, I guess. Samuel after a while. But 
so his, his temporary, for him, for Samuel, his temporary vow will be permanent. That's, that's amazing. That's a sign of her commitment uh, to, to God. Uh, you, you hear about Samson? You know, Delilah was always trying to give him a haircut, you know, and this kind of stuff. Because he also took the Nazarite vow. If you read back through Judges, you'll see his parents offered him to the Lord and had a, had a similar kind of, kind, of, kind of vow. Sorry, I'm going to lose my page. And it's, it's just a little aside. I always love it. We, you know, you've got to picture in your mind, Samson. Just picture him, you know. Uh, and I bet you've got a picture of a kind of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, haven't you? This is Samson, you know. It's, you know this is this huge guy. But, that, but that's crazy. It's not. Because people kept asking, Delilah kept saying, what is the secret of your strength? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know? If, if it was built like the rock, it would be no secret. So Samson was just an ordinary guy like me. What is the secret of your great strength, poor gutting? You know? <laughs> so he, he wasn't this huge guy. He was just a little guy. But because he took the vow, the Lord gave him this superhuman strength. What happened when Delilah gave him a haircut? Couldn't do anything. Okay? So the secret of his strength was keeping the vow that his parents had made on his behalf. And it, it all went when Delilah gave him a haircut. So this, this is the, the how and the why of, of prayer. This is what is going on when we come to God in prayer. I think any day of the year... But, but looking forward to February, <laughs> and, and the, how are we going to pray in February? What, what's God going to do? What's, what is God planning in heaven for this church, for, for the people here, for this city, for this nation? What are the prayers that he's wanting from us before he will move his hand in our church or families or city or, or country? I, I don't know. <laughs> but but maybe there are things that God is waiting to do until we pray. And, and let's, let's have this view of prayer for this February. And not just this February, but, but the whole, forever. <laughs> but especially this February. In, in, in our prayer, we are not just asking God for stuff. Uh, Ziggy spoke a couple of weeks ago. You know, pray according to the, praying in Jesus' name, according to the Lord's will. Remember that? You know? Uh, pray for these things in my name and you will have them, you know. And, and those other guys who were prophesying in Jesus' name and casting out demons in Jesus' name and doing all these things in Jesus' name, but Jesus never knew them. Because it's praying in Jesus' name is more than just saying in Jesus' name. <laughs> praying in Jesus' name means praying according to God's will. How do I know what God's will is? Well, what do you feel strongly about? You know, Hannah Hannah prayed from the depths of her soul, and that was exactly what the Lord's will was as well. She, she didn't approach God and say, Lord, what is your will? She just prayed out of the bitterness of soul. And that was the prayer that the Lord wanted to hear. Uh, you see, the, the Lord will, if, if we're willing, <laughs> if we are willing to be co-workers with God, the Lord will work in our lives so that we, we get to know what his will is. And our feelings and our concerns align with his as we we're doing the bible reading plan as we get into scripture we begin to discover god's heart we begin to discover what the lord thinks about his world and his church and and we begin to know what god's will is in a particular situation because 
It's written down for us. We, we get to know it better. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's, this is part of Christian growth and discipleship and maturity. But, you know, we get into Scripture so that we can understand God's character and attitude. And, and we begin to know. We can pray. We can pray because we begin to know what God's attitude and, and response to the problem will be. Do you see what I mean? We, 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 it, it happens. Our wills gradually come closer to God's will just through reading God's word and getting to know him. It, it happens. It's not overnight, but it happens. And, and we can pray in Jesus' name because we, we do begin to get more of an idea of, what's, of what God's will really is in, in these particular situations. So I was trying to find a, a picture for this. this. This picture of God's will in heaven and, and our prayers on earth and, and this, this partnership, this co-working with God in prayer, praying according to the Lord's will. And of course, C.S. Lewis was the answer. Uh, <clears throat> this is actually from the book, uh, the, his Narnia stories, the book Silver Chair. And um, it's the, the boy and the girl, uh, they're not brother and sister or anything, just friends at school. Uh, her name is Jill and his name is, is Scrub. And um, what's, what's happened is that um, the Jill and Scrub have got into Narnia uh, and they've, they've gone to the edge of a high cliff <coughs> and basically they've played dare uh, and Scrub has fallen off the cliff uh, and he's gone and Jill is left all on her own uh, and she bumps into this big lion type creature. She's never, she's never been to Narnia before, Scrub has. So she doesn't know anything about this lion. So the dialogue is, is going from here. So uh, Aslan and Jill uh, were, were talking together. And the lion says to Jill, uh, Scrub is safe, even though he's fallen off a cliff. Read the story. Uh, but your task, Jill, will be all the harder because of what you've done. Uh, Please, sir, what task, sir, said Jill. The task for which I called you and him here out of your own world. This puzzled Jill very much. Uh, speak your thought, human child, said the lion. Uh, I was wondering, I mean, could there be some mistake? Uh, because nobody called me and Scrub, you know. It was, it was we who asked to come here. Scrub said we, we, we were to call to, to somebody. Uh, it was a name I wouldn't know. And perhaps the somebody would let us in. Uh, and we did. And then we found the door open. And the lion said, you would not have called to me unless I have been calling to you. That's fantastic. But there's a, that's that picture of prayer and God's will. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Does it, does it sound harsh? Does it sound that, that God is using us somehow? <laughs> Was he using Hannah when he closed her womb to make her pray? Now, if you and I did that, it would be using people, but God is God, you know? Um, we mentioned the Lord's Prayer at the start, how easy it is to pray the Lord's Prayer without thinking. But you know in the Lord's Prayer, you know how it begins? Your will be done. Your kingdom come. You know, your kingdom come, sorry. Your kingdom come. Next letter. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to pray that. We are to pray that God's will will be done, even if it means you know, putting ourselves in Hannah's place. You know, God, God doing things in our lives to get us to pray so that his will can be done. And that's costly, isn't it? When you pray for the Lord's will to be done in your life, you're actually, you're actually 
giving God permission to treat you as he treated Hannah, to move you into a place, maybe in an uncomfortable place, where, where you will pray for what God wants you to pray. It's, it's, uh, am I willing to pray that prayer? It's tough. But we, we say, don't we, you know, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, as, as if without thinking. But it's serious. It, if we really pray it and mean it, it could lead us down Hannah's road, <laughs> you know? And it could be really costly for us. But, but that's, that's what prayer is. If it, we pray it and, and we're willing, we pray it being willing to pay the price of praying that prayer. Are we willing to do that? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. As we've been thinking this morning, you, you are the one, you are the God who is willing to take steps. You see the world in all its... Uh, goodness, as Seno was reminding us, but in all its horror as well. And Lord, thank you that you are not remote, you are not far away. You are the God who is willing to take steps. You are the God who has a plan. You are, you are the God who wants to bring a solution and bring salvation. And Lord, thank you that uh, we are your people and, and that you raise us up to this level of being your co-workers in prayer. And you ask us to pray according to your will. Lord, will you, will you help us know your will better and better? As we read your word, as we understand your character, Lord, will you help us to, to know what your will is and, and give us the wisdom we need to pray according to your will? Help us to do this. Especially, Lord, for, for us in February, as we fast and pray, Lord, will you, will you speak to us specially? Uh, as we turn aside from whether it's food or, or any occupation or whatever it is that we're giving up, Lord, whatever we're giving up to focus on prayer in February, Lord, will you, will you come to us and speak to us and, and make this partnership happen, Lord? We, we long to take our place as co-workers with you in, in moving your hand in this, in this church, in this city, in this country, in this continent of Africa, Lord, in, in, in your world here. Lord, show us how we should pray. And Lord, we, we will give you all the glory because you are the one who will do all these wonderful things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Rico Veca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today. And it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.